0: This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Haji and Damo. Thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. It's good to have your company on the sounding board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. We like to time code. It's Monday afternoon of this particular week. It's episode six of Series 8.
1: PVO, please don't go. (laughs) PVO, please don't
0: go. And that voice is Craig Hutchison, who's uh, mounted the campaign to bring back PVO. Peter Van Onselen, who has decided to move on. Hutchie, hello, welcome to you. Episode six, Series 8. It could be the last
1: series. If PVO goes, we won't be on our last legs here as a sounding board podcast for Drink you oh, choosing I, to drink.
0: Choose to drink, wise. No, I think you've worn him down. I think the focus you've placed upon him in the past was it be twelve to eighteen months yep. over his certain behaviours and and an ability to to become the news and be part of the news. Uh, he's decided to to ditch journalism and go back to is, is it a scholastic pursuit of some want, sorts?
1: I don't want to be cynical and no, I say this tongue in cheek, but this has got uh, Channel Ten pay cut going wrong written all over it, demo. A Channel 10, 10 pay cut. Does oh, it? it? No, I'm only being uh, tongue-in-cheek, but no, well, we can No, this lose. is from
0: James Madden, and it was reported in other media uh, I know media he's an academic
1: at heart, and academics at heart are academics.
0: Described himself as an accidental journalist, but after 14 years yep. on television, first as a commentator for Sky News Australia, then as 10's political editor, and with an 18-month stint as co-host of The Project thrown in as well, the 47-year-old is returning to his first love, academia.
1: Yep. That's, no, we don't want that. That's not, well, you don't want that. I think he's still going to write a column, though. Is he like for the for the eyes on the side or something? I read that so, somewhere in, yeah. in passing. Yeah, he's it, it, too interesting to be lost to the, to you, the medium. You've got it. a theory, haven't you? You've got a theory. Yeah, I think six months, and then you'll see him getting trying to run for a uh, by election somewhere, trying <laughs> oh, to get on a ticket, safe seat. I think yes. <laughs> which, which party? <laughs> well, you would be the judge, but I think the, I think there's a flipper on there from his old party to the new one. <laughs> so yeah, look, it's disappointing. Well, I don't want to see him go. If, anything, if there's anything we can do as a community to get behind this, I think we're here for him. Um, if Channel 10 need a hand at all, we're here to do whatever we can do, Damo. They want some ads in the sounding board or whatever we can do to sort of pop up the deal. <laughs> Are they in trouble just on, on, on Channel 10 for a moment? No, I don't. No, well, I wouldn't know, but they're owned by Paramount, which is a. And CBS, which is a huge global business.
0: But they keep pitching massive numbers to the major sports, cricket and yep. AFL, the past two dealings that we know of, numbers that were way above the prices the, the two sports took yep. for their broadcast rights, simply because the sporting organisations, partially saying no to them, just don't trust their online platforms. Is that. And also, it's a station that effectively doesn't rate. For stars, it's not
1: easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, Domo. So it's not easy. The second thing is that they would probably need a blockbuster move down. They need something they can hang that on. We've talked about that a little bit in the past. And, you know, a big sport like the two they bid for would be exactly that. So, you know, if you're a well-funded business where you're trying to turn around your fortunes in Australia, you'd be doing what they're doing, which is bidding and overbidding on something they think can move the needle.
0: Now, last week... Did you see,
1: by the way, on the free TV debate that there's a lot of... um, Conjecture now around new televisions being built and where the respective streaming services of the Australian broadcasters will be built into the um, environments or not. There's a real concern around, I think, Free TV and Greg Hyld have been very vocal about their fear that if you don't get, you know, seven plus and nine now and the various streaming models of the networks built into the new televisions ahead of the Netflixes and stands, then you're going to affect Australian content and have a real a effect on the health of those businesses. When you say built in, built into the new TVs per se, like the unit of device. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now that seven, nine, 10 are all multiple distribution points, right? Yep. So let's, but fundamentally they are television stations available on a home television. When new TVs get built in a manner that streaming and other platforms are as easily accessible, then you're really just a brand, aren't you? Yep.
0: So you're saying have it as an offering, as a... St- which, which it is if you've got the digital. Aerial. Well, at
1: the moment you buy a television, you you've can got re- access. To you that.
0: can reasonably assume the guaranteed distribution of
1: seven, nine, and ten in their normal place. When that starts to change, from a st- when people, when more people stream than watch television, and the streaming options are the things you see first, it's a it's a fair business challenge, isn't it? It's probably not too far away, is it? With well, he now? you have yeah. it. And
0: I don't know how many people use in digital aerials these days. I mean, I, I do because I'm old school and I make sure I yeah. get access, I get access to it through the. The normal ways, but I've still got the streaming set up on all the apps as well. Well, the the, uh,
1: the industry is digging in hard on distribution in in manufacturing, which is, I think, the right you know, the, it's a must do, right? Yeah, you think about it, you, there's no difference now in the way you perceive a Netflix or a stand when you turn on a television to there is a 7, 9, or 10 or a Fox, is there?
0: I, I would say it's just native in your experience. I mean, we're old school, I'm, I'm older school than you, but I would imagine. Um there's a lot of people actually. Maybe you don't listen to this show. Who, who don't even bother with the free to In fact, yep. like, I know of a lot of people who don't.
1: So, My and then, own and kids don't.
0: They're making,
1: they're making uh, the overseas players make more local content, which is one step and a good one. But realistically, the most I, I'm a supporter of the push right, guaranteeing distribution for local content is in. I would argue as important, or if not more important, than guaranteeing local content. Right. Because the health of our local industries is fundamental to everyone's
0: livelihood. There you livelihood. go. There you it's go. fundamental to sport, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, now, Hutchie, last week you brought this to the table yourself. You brought some um, commentary from your uh, your days as a caller for Channel 7, and, and I loved it. And it was the famous or infamous uh, Western Bulldogs-Richmond game that you called. Yep. It, it's, it was great coverage, but you've actually now opened up. Can of worms. Yep. Yep. I have been received receipt in, in receipt beginning. this week of of many many other Hutchy commentaries, and this is just a example. Pretty average, yeah. And this is like I love this one. This is so funny. This is so you. Now this um is I think from a, a similar period in time, may well have been the same season, even two thousand and one. We're talking. Yep. And uh, anyway, I'll let our listeners uh, <laughs> take a listen.
1: And the lines clear from half back as the siren says to put us out of our misery. And to put the Blues into a state of euphemism in the crowd because they won easily today, the Blues.
0: You put the blues in a state of euphemism, Hutchie. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you found that? <laughs> Can't say. I'll you never reveal a source. But been... maybe it was that were the maybe euphemism for euphoria, maybe. <laughs> Terrible. I wonder if it didn't work out for me, hey? Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved it. Um, there's a bit more of that, too. Is weeks there? To come. We're yeah. going like to release these I by the we week, have. are they? And please keep sending them to me <laughs> and me only. I'll never cough up the uh, source of such video and all... Or uh, audio because, yep. uh, no, nah, we won't do it every week, but there are a few to come in, Hachi. So, um, yeah, oh, I love you. Calling. Fortunately, I, a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> yeah. I realize mine early. Um, just while we're on TV, and we just jump around today because we've got a lot of topics, but but none of the jumping right off the page. But I see today, Hachi, uh, Scott Gullen's written it. Um, best on ground being scaled back markedly in this uh, upcoming season. From a, a weekly offering on Fox footy after the Saturday night match, massive production, massive cost. It well, certainly gave the impression of being a massive cost attached to uh, effectively five shows only. What? Are you serious? Yeah. This is
1: completely news to me. I missed this today. Did you? So well, what's You've got, happened? You've got a print of the article no, in ready, front of you. I've got it yep. now. Yep. It exceeded expectations. So it's got, it's scaled back to five shows? Five shows.
0: Yep. What do you mean? Five one-offs. Uh, well, let's just read it. Uh, I think we've got the first part of the article there. But um, Fox Sports executive director Steve Crawley said the show exceeded expectations in his first year. There's an interesting quote here, Hutch. The numbers last year were enormous. It was doing two hundred and fifty thousand very late on a Saturday night. So imagine what the audience will be at six o'clock. Just just before we delve into that, I'm two fifty thousand. You're sitting oh, on the. Numbers. I'm not buying that number. Yeah. No. Okay. Now, what, what what that number may be would be the, the overhang of the, let's go with the preliminary final that we, might have been played leading into it or, or a massive game leading into it. But I, and I like the show. I was, I'm on record regularly. I like the show, but I don't think it was doing 250,000. Well, I'm running here. In the... Would you be surprised it was doing 250,000? Uh, not early.
1: I think early in the show it would have been. Because yeah, because it, of the it, audience. It, it carries the yeah. back end of the broadcast. They basically crashed it on the... He crashed in before the pies got off the ground often, yep. so you're you're getting the yep. organic TV Le- the lead in as you said. viewership. But I, at that time of night, it's very hard to hold an audience, particularly for an entertainment show. We're a very cynical nation, as you know. We don't think any entertainment shows are any good
0: until they're cancelled, and then we do reruns or best of <laughs> and them, and we bemoan them going yeah, as, as we were, And as I said, I, I like this show. I'm not one to, to bag it, but um, it, I'm not buying the 250 though on a Saturday yeah. not anyway.
1: We only we only have. We only salute best-of shows. Oh, who, who could forget the days of Hey Hey? And I see Russell Gilbert shows back, and everyone watched watch those, and how great. And then we bring it back. Oh, this will never work. <laughs> you know, like we're so cynical until it's gone, and then we miss it. That's our that's our national um, identity. But you know, it says here that they'll bring it back during the uh, next forty deal. Do you think there's a bit of this going on, Dave? I'll, I'll be mean to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a bit of get-ahead-of-the-costs going on in the 2023
0: season? It appears that way. And maybe the twenty-four season. So Yeah, and you say that because that, that is effectively the old deal, which has yep. been committed to. And then, the, the so from, from as we speak right now, there are nine seasons of same broadcasting. Channel 7, Free to Wear, Foxtel, uh, Pay TV yep. component. There's two years remaining, 2023 and 24 of the old deal, then the... Seven-year deal beyond that point kicks in in 2025 with more money attached to it and therefore more requirements. Yep,
1: I don't know if this is true or not, but it's run run through my mind until I saw Seven saying they're holding off on their new footy offering. So that made me think a little bit about it. So 25 to 31, there's a, a new cost base. Uh, in Seven's instance, I think it's actually more manageable. Or is it? Or, well, I'm not
0: I'm not specific on the numbers, but. Well, they still don't do a footy show. It's a, it's, a football program outside yeah, of the game. Yeah, they, but
1: they'll have a bit more ammunition for programming from 25 onwards in their cost model. What?
0: So we're going to wait for another two years. And so do you think that,
1: you know, some of the Fox and Seven, um, I don't know. But there's a possibility they've gone, can we keep a little bit of powder dry on costs here and save a bit of money before we, this thing escalates on us? And,
0: yeah. you know, how do we do that in 23 and 24? Are you surprised Seven didn't go down the path of doing a TV show unrelated to the game itself? Uh, not really because they've got – when they go again, they've got to get it right, don't they?
1: And they had they had a, a not a bad mix when they stopped doing it, like game day and talking footy were good brands and well-established. But they couldn't just go again and punt on something, could they? They've got to actually get it right. And so it makes a bit more sense that if they've been able to create a saving for themselves in 25 onwards that they – yeah, you know, redeploy a bit of that, and I, I think in that contract they've committed to do programming, haven't they? So that's well, like, in 2025. Yeah, so well, we just get through two more years well, without well, the host broadcaster bothering to do anything. I thought well, I thought what James Warburton said in a recent interview was interesting. He said that we're um, we're committed to right-sizing our cost base, and we will walk away from deals that don't suit as they did with the Olympics, and we'll be pretty hard on that. And so like they've done a pretty good job of that as of as of no doubt Fox. Uh, they're going to send. Their to, um, commentators hard, to the actual ground this year. I would say hard to keep this brand alive on five shows, isn't it difficult? But not not impossible. You're talking news. about best on ground, yeah. Um, and I thought it was really good. Like, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I did.
0: Again, I, it's not. It wasn't everything. It took ages,
1: it took, not ages. It took a while to get used to
0: and grow into. But I thought it had a fantastic second half of the year. Well, of the well show. you you were quite supportive of it. Yeah, was. It was. Early yeah. Days. yeah. It, grew, it grew on me as the years, and I, I tried to watch it each each Saturday night. But it, um,
1: it's the worst country to be making new shows. We are so cynical. How often does a new show bob up on entertainment on television, and everyone walks away at the end of the show going, "How good was that?" You know, everyone. We're, our nature is just, "I'll oh, have a look at these blokes, and they'll never work." And I oh, look at you know Nathan trying to think he's funny, and all, but it's, all that takes takes your mind a while to get used to. Yeah, I thought it was terrific in yeah. the end. Um,
0: and how and Howie and Kath are very very talented. Yep, I agree. Very talented. Yep. Now Hutchie, uh do you think just what we're talking about? Broadcasts. Do you think Seven and Foxtel will will actually send? commentators to venues this year? You're on, you're on this again, aren't you? Well, we had a few problems over the cricket season, as as we broadcast a few times. Yep. In fact, embarrassing moments. And again, I'm not talking about the commentators being embarrassing. I'm talking about the fact that they weren't allowed or able to be at the ground, cause their embarrassment. Um, There's another few issues on the weekend. Like, I, I was watching one of those games on the weekend. And again, I, I never sat down to watch the game from, from siren to siren. But... There was a moment where poor old and this, again, this is not this is not the commentator's fault but poor old Dwayne Russell, Dermot Burton and Alastair Lynch were forced to talk to the camera when the game just went off and clearly at least by my my reckoning they were not where the game was being played at. They, they just lost coverage yeah. of the game i think it was in sydney actually i think there was an electrical storm lost broadcast and they just had to just wing it without any form of you know Back up in, in so far as being anywhere near where the actual game was being played.
1: There was a loss of pitches too in one of the games on the weekend. So, Another one? Yeah, it was a, a still on camera for 30 seconds or so. So, mm. yeah, it was a challenging little period, wasn't it? The pre season games in the streaming. for Surely for, they're going to send them. I mean, okay,
0: if they're, if they're not going to do a show, as in Channel 7, yep. that's non football, we'll surely they'll have. You'll see a bit more ground. of it. I
1: don't think it'll go back to ever what it was, but I think you'll see more of it, a bit more of it anyway. Bit
0: more right at the ground. Yeah. Oh, gee, that'd, that'd I was good, asking.
1: I was I was in Sydney last week in, in a, a large scale production. Let's call it a centralized production. I was asking the question about the philosophies. the The actual cost is no longer really the driver. Do you know that. What is? Because well, the the cost of the different um, feeds in versus commentators flying is about a wash. Really? Yeah. It's not much difference. So than is it logistics it. for commentators. It's becoming a bit more about um, staff retention and way of life and. You get the best people working on in directors and audio more because they can they know they're going to work in, say, Sydney on Sunday afternoon and Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, and they're not on a flight to Perth on a Thursday losing three days of work efficiency, can't see their kids play sport on a Saturday, mm. got the family grumpy with them on a Sunday. So they actually can commit. You can get your best director on both games.
0: Well, that's fine, but, but I keep going back to... I watch this as a consumer, okay? Now, I've worked in media, and I, again, I've broadcast, certainly through COVID, yep. in, in studios and out at the ground. So we always declare that, and, and we've admitted that. But from a TV perspective, where you actually see it yourself and you know within a moment whether the commentator is or is at the ground, that's not yeah. – that's great for lifestyle, You know, I get that. And and, and and I'm glad there's that's available. But but where's the quality component to no, the broadcast? Get, I get that. I
1: wasn't saying that was my view. Yeah. I was saying that's what I heard in, heard in on location. Uh, in Sydney last week, but I, I think uh, in cricket, in particular, it's it's a little bit more challenging, right? Like the context of where the ball is is harder in cricket than footy. Absolutely. And we saw a few moments in the Big Bash over oh, summer, did. which yeah, 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 we did. Um, anyway, you've become the leader of this, which I respect. <laughs> you've committed to this as a cause, as a movement. We've got the t-shirts getting made. Have we? Yep. What are we? What are we going to put on the We're on gonna, the front? If you can suggest a brand you want on the
0: t-shirts, well, seriously, I've got t-shirts coming. Sounding board T-shirts. So. T-shirts. Yep. Uh, now, there's another breaking silence during the week. Chris Rock broke his silence. No, he didn't break his silence. No, he did break he? his silence. No. no he, actually, I read it. He did break you're his missing, silence. You're missing. No, he, he broke no, his silence. No,
1: no. He finally broke oh, his finally silence. Oh, finally broke his silence. <laughs> it was another level of.
0: No, actually, le- he has fallen. <laughs> <it, yeah. laughs>
1: there's different levels of breaking his silence. And the big, big one is finally broke his silence. And didn't he run over uh, Will Smith in his in his comedy set he can point to that being comedy but everything in it rung
0: true right so it was it was fascinating so that was one Herald Sun offering yeah. I think this is from Herald Sun too where, where Ruby Rose also went down a similar path Archie yep she she really broke her silence visiting Australia for the first time in five years Ruby Rose has broken her silence on her ugly feud with the Veronica's yep
1: hey, five, yeah. five years
0: break of silence and also we saw this in the Herald Sun so we talk about the
1: PR payoff and we always look for it in stories we've introduced this to the audience yep the new ruck journey begins for Max Gorn. Two-page spread. Very good story by Glenn McFarlane. Liked it. So very strong, good feature. Talks about the dual ruck combo. Talks it's about the hunger. That I read of it. it. I did read it. Great piece. And very, you know, very good read on a Sunday. Glenn McFarlane, as he has been for the best part of 35 years, the Mark Taylor lookalike. Um, <laughs> well, he is. He's a Mark Taylor lookalike. Everyone knows that. But uh, Australia's favourite heir, Glenn McFarlane. But... Uh, what was interesting in the middle, Damo, I think it took to about paragraph, it might have been as deep as 40 or 50. Oh. He speaks to the Herald Sun this week as the official ambassador for Pepper Jack Winery's partnership with the 23 Toyota AFL season. Just one line. Yeah, it's all you need. Was nourished by a photo of Max drinking oh, the said wine, Okay, <laughs> which was subtle but effective. Personally... I thought it needed a, a, a paragraph about what he likes about Pepper Jack to, <laughs> to be about square
0: on the PR. Oh, okay. I think it was missing. And I reckon he would have written <laughs> nah, it and edited it out, by the way. Seeing the point of the photo, I think the photo carries some weight in it. Well, that, the photo is, range, saves
1: a day when the publicist yeah. rings and goes, what well, I gave you, Max Gorn, to talk about wine. And Although he, it's just a
0: glass of red, isn't it? There's <laughs> no Pepper Jack labelling on it.
1: So. so what I reckon he probably wrote, Damo, yeah. was this. Yeah. Yeah, Gorn says Pepper Jack is very much like the way he goes about things. So I like to focus on quality and depth and all that. <laughs> I reckon there was a quote and the in the sub, right? There's yeah. always a sub. He doesn't care how you got the story, and they just run over the par- the payoff paragraph. <laughs> so I reckon the sub's taken out the two supporting Pepper Jack paragraphs. So it's left him in the wilderness with just a one.
0: Like Melbourne's like a or Max Gorn's like a good body of uh, a good yeah. old red. Yeah, gets yeah. well, yeah. better with there's, age. There's That's a lame, sort of rubbish. A lame
1: quote in there that he's. Been... And I reckon what happens is then the publicist rings it goes, Glenn, it's so and so from PR, uh, whatever TLAPR." Mate, what happened with, oh, oh I'm really sorry, the sub. Look, I wrote it. I'll send you the original. You'll see what I did. Yeah. Oh, mate, the sub. He didn't understand that it was Pepper Jack
0: created the story. So that's how it goes. He's done well with that, Maxie, because after, I think it was you who pointed that out on our WhatsApp group um, for this show, uh, I saw him appear on two separate TV interviews. And again, Pepper Jack gets a nice picture. Yes, music. the payoff. Um, He's good. Hey, question for you. Go for it. You, you're the
1: closer to politics than me because you've got Minnie Damo, your brother, who's Peter Dutton's. Uh, press sec, you, of course, dine with Tony Abbott, you're friends with Peter Credlin. I met Tony Abbott at, at my
0: brother's 40th birthday party. Yep. Yes, I've met him once, actually. Concer- Twice, maybe.
1: Concerns over Nick Johnson's commitment to the liberal <laughs> cause after revelations he applied to work for Daniel Andrews. So this, is yeah. a, this was the lead story for a period of time on heraldsun.com by Shannon Deary, right. who's a very talented uh, uh, print journalist. But in essence, it was hacking into Nick Johnson, who's the new... Uh, Mitch Catlin, if you like, the yep. new head of media and policy for the, <laughs> the Liberal Party. The new and Well, Steve O'Neill
0: became that person too, remember? He, he... Wasn't he going to go work with... Yes. O'Brien wasn't it? He, I think. Yeah, he, and then O'Brien he took the didn't... job on the
1: day before O'Brien stood down or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Steve Arn politics. Steve and Mel Beninga are the two least <laughs> successful political careers <laughs> in Australian history. I say that with love for Mel. Hey, um. So the Herald Sun basically saying that Nick Johnson, who you know for a while, he was yeah, doing I know w- Nick. GWS, you know, a good great operator. I mean, yeah. he used to work at ABC. I think yep. going way back. Um, at, at GWS, um, yeah, helped there. GWS worked at the NBL recently. We did some great That's things. That's right. Yep. That he'd previously applied to work for Daniel Andrews. The age. So my question is: As the head of comms, yep, what does it matter? Who you, like aren't you just in, isn't it like the a former Australian cricketer
0: coaching England or? Yeah, like,
1: why do you have to? Aren't you a specialist? Well, I who those, cares
0: who you, who you vote for? I want to throw that question your way because I, I can't imagine it matter. To me, it doesn't matter. But but political parties are all in on as a rule, aren't they? On ideology well, I don't know. And, I'm and an outsider. everyone and everyone I would have thought needs to be aligned to the the views. Look. Reading that from from the outside looking in, I couldn't care less, and I, and I don't see it as a conflict, because I think with what Nick would do, uh, would be able to work for whoever ultimately is employing him, and, and he would represent their interests in, in the way he best sees, and and I, I wouldn't imagine that would change whether it was party A or party B. I was surprised you need to be a card-carrying member in order to get a job as
1: a... as a, oh, It might be a bit more of a senior role than just media advisor by the looks of it, you know, mm. policy or whatever, but... I was a little bit surprised. Not a bad uh, angle from Shannon. So you can't begrudge the little bit of information he dug up. That, Hang on, this bloke's previously applied for a role. That would have been leaked
0: by the Labor Party. Oh, I was going to say, it works. With, without knowing yeah. how that worked, oh, well, that, that just smacked of that.
1: Yeah. Hey, They're in disarray again. Shannon, They're in disarray right here from the Labor Party. Yeah. Hey, um, just one you might want to look into. Mm. A certain new head yeah. of the Liberal Party may have once, you know, not didn't come from me, applied for a
0: job here with Dan. And what I might do is I'll, I won't send you the emails, but I'll just read from them some yeah. applications he may have given yep. the, to Dan to work for Dan some years ago.
1: And then if it, if that story had run in three or four paragraphs in that kind of, what's that political column they have, which is like the you no know, names, no pack drill, you know, like the, you know, there's like a Scotty Palmer's punchline equivalent in the Herald Sun of the political parties. Uh, is a one pager that they have? In the Sunday paper? Uh, it's a political Page, it's got all the snippets. Backroom Baz? Yeah, Backroom Baz, that's it. <laughs> if that would have run in Backroom Baz, right. no issue. Right. But like, oh, there's, because there's such a. Um, I've never read Backroom Baz. Well, why did it run as the lead story? I didn't understand the. Our, no, it was just. It, it, reckon was, it were, was more just. How many dinner uh, parties were there? Party in disarray. How many dinner parties were there before you're going tonight? See that revelation in the Herald Sun about Nick Johnson? Like, do, do you reckon anyone actually <laughs> was sitting around a water cooler at work going. <laughs> She <laughs> a bit of an embarrassing look at that. The, the relatability to the, the average human it's not a retail news story, as I would call it, don't That was just a square up story, wasn't it? Was was Peter Bowl defending himself on Channel Seven a relatable story?
0: Oh, here we go. So
1: you don't you're not comfortable in taking the money here?
0: No, I, I want to ask it because for those who didn't catch up with it, Peter Bowl has um, gone through the the ringer in recent times in terms of a an A test under the Asada watch and we've got our views on Asada, Hutchie in that organization. And then for the first time that I can ever recall, and people who are far better versed in the in the subject matter than I am also can recall, the B sample came back negative to, I think it was EPO. So he's now pursuing that and what that it means. Negative, it came back negative. It came conclusive. back Sorry, that's a good point. It came yeah. back inconclusive. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. Um, so that, that, that is a good point because it wasn't totally exonerating of him. But ultimately, as a rule and, and by way of a protocol, you don't... Um, have to deal with this publicly between A and B's being revealed. So he did. But he decided to defend himself on his own platforms initially, but then he's done the paid interview on Channel 7. I say paid because he's wrapped it up, and you would probably like the businessman in him and it was, it around it was, him. It was a line item in the uh, in the reality show deal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it's SAS Australia, which he's also yep. agreed to be part of, as part of um, interviewing with our man Michael Usher on Spotlight. Hangtime. time yeah. I'm just trying to find the exact got some reference year and I can't find it, but two, it, I wrote it down myself. Two so a a two-show deal with SAS reported, Australia
1: and, and, and Spotlight. Reported $500,000, which you know, put the asterisks against that, but that was what the number that was reported in the, yep. uh, in the print. So you, you don't think that's... Well, no, just what do you make of that? I think he's absolutely entitled to maximise his earnings as he sees fit if he feels he's innocent.
0: Yep. I, I agree other, with that.
1: It's for other people to um, determine... I mean, if he is found ultimately guilty, then that becomes probably a worse look. But not to people aren't going to, you know, people will move on, don't they? So I I think he's entitled. In a sport like ours, where your commitment to what you do versus your chance of making a great living out of it are pretty low, to be fair. Yep. uh, Good on him. And um, others will sit in judgment. You've got to come take the scrutiny that comes with it. But and then he had to give the interview to Seven, didn't he? Given the deal with SAS Australia. If you're Channel Seven, you're about to sign. Imagine that goes to James Warburton's desk for approval. Yeah. What's this? Five hundred thousand dollars for Peter Bowe? I thought he was out. No, no, he's back. Right? Um, has he told his story? No. Well, right, mate, don't even bring that piece of paper to me until he's actually going to do the interview as
0: part of the story. Like you have to pick that down yeah. on the way through. Yep. Um, would you? Or oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. And again, I, I I want to know more about the story, and I hope it does play out publicly, and I really hope it clears him, but. Yeah, there's a, there's a few questions that still need to be answered over the no maybe, entire matter. Actually, I, I early this year in uh, Series Eight, I uh, said I'd, I'd do an irregular little segment. You're calling um, it out? I'm calling it out. Yeah, and it was so, it's been so irregular, I haven't done it since I first did it. But I'm prepared to go down the I'm calling it out path. And we had asked Jane to do a stinger for us, and Jane has told us today she hasn't bothered with it yet because I haven't done it since. I Not a lot of faith, my... Jane? In the, no, uh, I think she is segment. trying to say to me, don't bother with it. But.
1: On the Sounding Board, Series 8, Episode 6 for Drinkwise, here's Damien Barrett with
0: I'm Calling It Out. <laughs> nice, deep voice. I called out the plastics recycling industry the first time. You did? I did, and and got some reasonably good feedback, oh, it was, actually, didn't was, it was, yeah. The Greens took it up as a policy matter in the House of Reps. That's how big it went. <laughs> the Greens in yeah. the House of Reps did that. So, um, I'm calling out the roadworks of Melbourne today, Hutchie. Now you, you may think it's low-hanging fruit, and it probably is, but... If I've gone into the big targets. This... <laughs> This situation in Melbourne and and Melbourne CBD and and even out to the, let's go with even 50Ks out and probably even further. It is an unmitigated mess on every form of movement, whether you are walking, whether you are catching public transport, whether you are in a car, whether you're on a bike. Well, actually, I'll leave the bikes out of it. But it is getting worse by the day. Now, I'm not having a go at the individual workers on these sites because they are just doing as they need to do make a living I am having a crack at the authorities and for example Hutchie we're in Jury Way you know that that major thoroughfare between on the, the back AFL. of yep. yeah yeah um, so there's doing a massive... about 0.01% of the Victorian population no, yep. it, it's it's a big artery Hutchie it links Spencer That's Street with a, yeah it is a big artery And there is a massive renovation going on there with – I don't know what they're doing. It's been going on for about five years. They've got a plantation in the middle where they've just assumed ownership of it for for all time. They've regularly blocked off one lane as well. And as I discovered during the week a couple of times, they just shut off the the only lane. So The complete blockage, a guy holding a stop sign for an inordinate amount of time at times. Now, again, I'm not having a go at that person holding the sign. It's the people that he works for. And and, and as such, I'm getting my point. We need – a roadworks commissioner to oversee roadworks. It sounds like an episode of Utopia. No, no. Switch. We need to coordinate <laughs> roadworks. We can't just be having people, and again, I'm not having a go at the people holding the signs. They're, they're just doing their job. Yep. We can't just having people hold signs up and stopping traffic. Stop. There, yep. there was That traffic was stopped. Both One lane was already blocked with the, um, the bollards, and the other lane, the only lane you could use, was just like yep. holding a stop sign for... for Minutes. Yep. Oh, come on. Every time I look at the roadworks,
1: and you're right, they're everywhere, I think two things. One... Short term, thank goodness for this, because it's holding the whole economy together. It's actually puncturing it. Yeah, kids are going to be paying for this for a long time with $100 billion of debt in Victoria. And it's, you hear ads like a yeah. "Burley
0: Street Tunnel will be closed between 9 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Sunday, between yeah. Sunday and Tuesday. No. And, they go, and, and this used to ease congestion. Ease congestion? It's creating congestion that never eases. It's,
1: it's not a problem of today, though. It's a problem that goes back 20, 30 years of poor planning, isn't it? Yeah. I would think. Well, the so we're still... and, I, and then we're in, a, we're in the middle of a travel crisis at the moment. And you mentioned some of those means. Tell me a means of transportation other than running, which is going well right now, or, or cheap enough to do. Yeah, like uh, bikes are. The bikes are becoming available again. They've been impossible to get for two years. Right. Um, Uber's a mess. Uh, taxi industry is a mess. Airlines, you know, good luck trying to leave on time or pay appropriately. You can actually you could buy a small car <laughs> two years ago now what it cost you to get a flight in the state. Well and you could actually get to Sydney quicker than you could most times you'd book it. And and you know you know anyone in a, that, in a car? You know anyone who's happy travelling anywhere. Like it's mm. bike's still the
0: best means. But you can't travel as far. Jane's e scooters, Jane? Yep. <laughs> You've been riding e scooters, Jane? No. Now, so do you like my roadworth commissioner? So you, so in order for for someone to have permission and to hold a stop sign, on, yep. in, in, on any site on any given day, has had to have had pre-approval for that particular site yep. by the commissioner in advance. The union's the got road a very, commissioner. very good hold. And... Oh, don't get me started it's on a... unions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? Oh, a yeah. bit of a mess. Oh. Oh. I, we are at breaking point, Hutchie, and I don't want this to sound like road. It, we need some coordination of what is going on in this town. You, you can't get around. And I've spoken to two different people who, who come from a one from Sydney, one from um, Brisbane. And this guy who come from Sydney, to live in, you know him. I won't mention his name here. He, he said oh, he's never said anything like it. Who's he's that? come from Sydney. Who's that? I'll tell you off air. I don't like no. revealing. No, who, who's moved from Sydney? I'll tell you off air. Oh, you know cool. him. Well, that's a pathetic thing. No, like, but he's lived in Sydney his whole life, and he's saying Melbourne Melbourne is 100 times worse the traffic than Sydney. Now, I've lived in both cities, Hutchie, and I always thought Sydney had the world covered. That would be Ryan Feeling. That would be my guess. He, he has recently moved from Sydney. <laughs> there you go. Not necessarily, right? Well, I agree with Ryan. It is, it is more congested here than it is in Sydney. Actually, it wasn't Ryan, but it was, you, I think I have had a similar conversation with him. But yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean. would you put your head up to
0: be a roadworks commissioner, Davey? No. <laughs> you can't even get the pine gun for the AFMA every year. No, no, that's, no that, 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 that is harsh because last year, and you were there, that was a good night.
1: What, you've got 364 days to plan for the next one.
0: And, and, you're, you're, and are you going to actually sponsor it this year? Uh, because well, you're the only radio station that didn't. I'm open to a compelling... Triple M sponsored, 3 W sponsored. Yeah. I think even the ABC sponsored it.
1: I'm open to a compelling position. You knocked back my check in the end, remember?
0: No, because you wanted to buy, what you want to buy? Five tables. Seven tables, tables yeah. yeah and, and open it up to people who weren't media, which would have been no. really Stuff. good feeling night. Star oh, you, you would bring... have sold tickets to it. Incorrect. You would have. You would have tacked that seat at that oh, occasion oh, onto yeah, a yeah. deal you've got with uh, Red Energy or someone. <laughs> I wouldn't have. But oh, you would. not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's someone else also uh, during the course of the week sent us both. Uh, I think it was on. I think it was, was a... on Twitter, wasn't it? Good pickup. As a good pickup, um, Matt Hancock, who is a politician in. England and a very controversial figure and someone who I don't claim to know uh, at all well obviously, but I've read a lot about him and yep. probably a very unlikable person would be the best way I could describe him. I think he had a background as a journalist at one stage, Hutchie, and very controversial figure. I think he broke his own lockdowns and was espousing some virtues. Health of lockdown. secretary, right? Yeah, but, but he was telling people of England how to, to live and how to not leave their houses and he was doing certain things at the same time. But during the course of a of another court case, it was revealed uh, certain WhatsApp messagings between Matt Hancock and certain people, including one who was a former um, colleague and, and clearly former friend. George Osborne, the editor of the Evening Standard, to be specific. There you go. The George Osborne. Uh, and this is just a little insight, isn't it? And you might want to pick it up here. You can see you've got the screenshot of the, uh, of the piece the, in question. This was
1: the WhatsApp exchange. So the health secretary on the 28th of April, 2020, which is in the middle of the pandemic, right? I need a call in a favor tomorrow. I currently have 22,000 spare slots at my drive throughs. Hence, I've extended eligibility today. Demand just isn't there. And this is obviously good news about the spread of virus, but hard for my targets. So I could do with a testing splash, as in the front <laughs> and splash page. splash being front page. Yep. Can we make this happen? And the editor's response was yes, of course. All you need to do tomorrow is give some exclusive words to the standard and I'll tell the team to splash it. Send the words to me by article. So that's, they've been basically, to cut through that, Damon, because you yep. didn't set it up super, super well, to be fair. The health minister and the editor of the Evening Standard have have are in cahoots mm. on manufacturing a front page, or the manufacturer as we call it, in order to suit the health secretary's needs. Yeah, and you're about to be no doubt critical of this.
0: Well, no, because I've we've talked regularly how we, done that we, we, we strike deals ourselves to get people to talk. And again, for to the editor's credit, he's got the story for his organisations on the back of... I was going to say, do you want me to spin city? Which side? I'll do either if you want. No, I don't think it's a spin city. It just, I just think it's um, it's a lens for the public in on what actually goes on. And, and But this this is different because you and I getting an interview with a footballer or a cricketer or, or whatever, it isn't really high stakes compared with COVID lockdowns, shutdowns, health advice. I yep. need some help because we're old mates. That's a different... Well, the, the, the
1: blatant nature of the exchange is the thing that people would find confronting, right? Yep. That it was just straight up, I need this, okay? I'll I need go. this. And it was like,
0: okay. okay. Yeah. And not not yep. what is best for the paper and, again, the old-fashioned terminology, which some people still think works, without fear or favour. There's always fear. There's always favour. Yep. In fact, there's usually favour. But So I, I don't have
1: a major problem. I don't have any problem with either party's actions in this. Yeah. If I'm the health secretary... I'm a little bit, I'm trying to be as self-serving as I can to get my message out.
0: Well, I think that bloke was self-serving and still is. Yeah. You now the motives of the messaging out just didn't quite, you
1: know, it was a little bit dubious, but there's a, there was good in there somewhere. And he's trying to leverage the relationship on the front. And I'm on the editor of the Evening Standard. I've asked for something in return. I've asked for access and quotes. Yeah. And at the, on the 28th of April, 2020, I don't even really remember. Which,
0: which was about two months
1: into COVID, wasn't six it? Six weeks in. The yeah. health ministers were everything. They are the most quotable people in the world. Yeah. You know, look at Brett Sutton's run in Victoria, for instance. So, you know, I understand that a bit of access could carry. And then you're trying to build a relationship to stay in the narrative. Of what's going on? It's a very uncertain time. Yeah,
0: unbelievably uncertain time. So
1: I have some empathy on the other side. All, but I know I'll be the minority,
0: demo. Just on on again information that's um come out. In the past week, since we last spoke, uh, the whole Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox News endorsing and Trump. the Trump yeah. issue. So, again, for, for other reasons which relate to a legal matter, Rupert Murdoch had to appear at a at a forum of sorts. Now, I've read as much of, of this as I think I needed to in terms of what did he say, and, and he was very cleverly answering questions put to him about coverage of the of the fraud allegations of Trump at the time when it came to the election being rigged. Um, The unwritten or or the putting two and two together element to the um, evidence given by Murdoch was that he didn't, uh, he, he immediately did not buy Trump's claims of there being an election being rigged. That he allowed, though, tacitly allowed. The continuation of that theme of reporting, yep. in fact, ramped it up on his own platforms, and the sort of questioning of him: why didn't you step in? And then you can say it almost in hindsight, it was wrong, right? But his opinion of Trump's changed since, so that's, that's easy also pay here. Yeah, that's and, easy to say. And also too, the, the the reporting of this election is rigged was such a compelling. Narrative at the time that people were going to tune in if they said it wasn't rigged. It's a pretty boring story. No one's watching the coverage, so there was all this caught up in all of the, again, the putting together two and two putting together after this appearance. And then what's clear is that they're like he's going after Trump, isn't he? In
1: in a, in a he coverage, sees it, says, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I,
0: I'm watching this but, election very. They can throw the throw the toys out of the co- that organisation, as you know. When 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 the relationship's over, it's not just over, but they go to get you. As you know, I'm, I've been uh, on the Desantis bandwagon a little
1: bit and watching his efforts, demo. Yeah, the uh, Trump appearance on the weekend—I know it was an, an early day one. I was in Florida, and it was a predictable audience, and so that that crowd was always going to swing his way. But what what Trump, what Trump has always been able to do, and I think this 25 years of working out what the New York Post wanted in the paper and <laughs> giving it to the most days to build his profile has helped this. Is little media themes or uh, emotive cues that the audience can attach to. On the week, on the weekend, or well, yesterday, when he said, "I am your warrior," I know you. Were... D- DeSantis said this. No, Trump. Trump. I, that's not the last we're going to hear of that. It, that's from a long way away. Right. Connected with connected with the base. You're, you're fascinated by DeSantis, though, aren't you? No, this was Trump. Yeah, I know, but you're fascinated by what he's about to do. Trump. Trump's repitched himself as the warrior of the and the and the uh, outsider again. But this was a different way into his kind of uh, mandate. And I, I thought the, uh, the reaction and coverage to it was really interesting. Like, I think we'll see that term again. So we've got this, this game on, is it, for 20, what, 2024? He's in and up to his neck, Trump. Is he? And uh, Don't tell me that. And DeSantis, they're kind of, it's a two-horse war on that side
0: of the ball, isn't it? But mm. uh, it's going to be interesting. As interesting as Nadia Bartel being seen in uh, what was described, Tachi, as a, as a new dress?
1: Yeah, I don't, I just, it was a hard, uncomfortable yeah. to see the headline. No, I'm going to read this
0: one, actually. This, this is the Herald Sun again. N- Nadia Na Battelle has been s- has been snapped attending a glamorous party in Sydney's Royal Botanical Gardens wearing a, quote, sheer nude dress. Um, I'll read on. Uh, she teamed her see-through dress, which appeared to inadvertently flash her undies with a pair of nude-pointed heels and an oversized black bag. Yeah. Seriously. It was a hard read. And then the headline... Nadia Batic exposes undies in nude dress. Yeah, I mean, this is what it's come to. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't
1: get. I couldn't get my head around. I saw it and and moved on. Damo. it was. It was. Uh, well, I don't know. Unless oh. the only thing I could think of is whether that. No, nah, I
0: can't even defend. No, it. you can't. I
1: can't defend it. No, nah.
0: and and I normally don't like putting my yep. voice to reading it, but, uh, but I just needed to on that one because that's that's good. Have you noticed, by the way, on the news that Herald Sun?
1: platforms, dot .coms, you know they have little subheadings, You know, like sport, lifestyle, yeah, courts, police, you know those little... There used to be a COVID round. Yeah. You know there's one now, hookups. Hookups? You look for it. There's a little hookups. Oh, it's a Tinder. As in, no, like as in anything any story that remotely looks like someone's hooking up with someone, that's those little sub... That's now got the same... <laughs> what? That font has always been this credibility. I've never seen this. The credibility... Are you sure, now, you're sure you can oh, see what you I look at online,
0: it... Hutchie, with the Herald Sun headlines. No,
1: I saw it the other day and I thought, oh, wait, I showed Damo that, and I just slipped out of my mind. Hookups. Hookups has become a subcategory on the Little, You know, there's little you know, police and
0: yeah. funerals.
1: and like They're really respected little- Local. It's not like, there's local. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they see, see police and courts as the lead one at the moment. Then there's confidential. Then there's AFL news. I think you've been seeing things, actually. I will find you hookups royals lifestyle sponsored of course yes yeah, so i still can't police see and courts victoria it's not all, there all the time recipes motoring news <laughs> recipes
0: let me find you while we're talking um as you do try and find that the project has found itself in the news this week actually for uh the wrong reasons given that not many people watch it but then a lot of outcry over the uh the, the very just poor and, and this um offensive joke from a I think it's a comedian, wasn't it? About Jesus. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not going to read it out, but what did you make of that and the coverage of it? Because oh, look, they've copped it. But if there it is. Oh, You're excited. You found it. There it is. The hookups category. <laughs> so what's the story under hookups? Well, there's a whole heap of them.
1: But well, what's the first one? That's bizarre, forgotten Hollywood hookups is the story at the moment. Oh, there you go. There's another hookups down there. Oh. Robbie and his Spice skill hookups. <laughs> Oh, so they're just rehashing old relationships. It's a subheading in the coverage. <laughs> That's a reflective of people's
0: um, the verities. It, con- the verities must be big on relationships. Yeah, yeah. consumption habits. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. The, so, the, so, and the project. The, yeah, yep. the project. The, so, a joke was told. There was raucous laughter at time of joke. Very poor joke. a Very offensive joke to, to utter anywhere, let alone TV. And then the outcry came in. Then the apology, which in the eyes of some. Um, may have been a little bit ambiguous in how it was delivered and where it was delivered, and then the outcry that's continued. I do know though, one thing that the project had another TV program, not on Channel 10, done what they did yep. with that joke. Well, let's put the would footy have, show lens on that. Oh, imagine you? it was the footy show, that was there. still around, and that joke was told, and mind you, yeah. Can you so, imagine so a what the of things. project yep. and every single panelist, maybe except for one, would have had to say about that and, and the need to cancel every single person that had anything to do with the show over twenty-five years? So the joke was appalling for starters. Yep, it was clearly it, offensive. It was yep. a poor attempt to be funny. Oh, I didn't find it funny, and anyway, that, that's for others to if but, they want
1: to laugh. But it, it, you know, you and I might not have found it offensive, but it was clear that people would find that offensive. Yep. Right? You just if you run the lens on society, that's that's yep. clear. Yep. Um. A lot of They do pre-record a lot of interviews and a lot of content. So in oh, yeah. fact it's
0: it's rehearsed it, that show. It, it
1: did run through my mind whether
0: that was a pre- As a rule. If that was a pre-recorded interview, then it was a really poor... They've team. tried to make out post-event, and, I'm, and I've read someone yeah. else's take on this, that that, that particular segment was wasn't. Lost. Yeah, now again, I, 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 make, I take them at their word. Yeah, that, but, there's enough yeah.
1: experience built around the table. But by the
0: way, it went to where It doesn't... Went to I mean, again, that, um, they wouldn't care yeah. for the context have, of how things went to where themselves. Okay, so let's just move on from that aspect I have, of it. I have some empathy for them. Yeah, I do too. I've been in that situation. All been in that situation, Absolutely. where someone says yeah. something,
1: and you don't know what circumstance. Like, I thought, wow, he, he clearly didn't approve no. of it, he didn't laugh, he well, didn't react. He didn't, and in that moment, you can. And then you've been through this before, I've been through it
0: before. You can inadvertently or even nervously laugh sometimes, or if someone does, thinking. you're all lumped with it, you know. Yep. So, and as uh, Sarah Harris enough. laughed, now yep. again, in that moment, she's thinking the punchline's just been lived, oh, I've got to laugh because that's live TV, well, and, that's and how you're then, programmed, that's how you exactly. Yeah. And, and if you don't laugh, the, 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 yep. the person you've got on now that's the context that I. I know you know and I think most person with the people with a brain yep. knows but I'm raising this because the project is normally the first one to tip that, I understand I understand the
1: hypocrisy of it. Yeah. And the perceived hypocrisy but like, no, no it's not perceived there is hypocrisy. Um Sarah, like the cadence of a TV show is comedian says a joke you as the hmm. as the host or co-host laugh anyway to keep the yep. rhythm of it's all the been show done. going yep. and it's a bit you know you you're being a good-natured host by supporting the guest so I think Sarah laughed without thinking. Would have immediately gone. Oh no! I didn't actually understand that. Listen, you don't know what someone's in their ear as well, too, which is the other thing. So yep. I have huge empathy for them on it, and I think they handled it well the next day by saying we're wrong. But there's, and you're right, they are hard on others. So I get oh. that from time. Not as not as hard as you say they are, but they are
0: hard. No, 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 they are hard. To but in fact, I would I'd say, say, say they go out of their way to be hard on others and to present themselves as being, you know, the, the, the moral barometer for all of us. Well, and I think that's part of it. So they're perceived as being a highly woke program. No, they are a they are that. I oh, don't. You like using the word that W word because yeah, but but that's exactly what they actually social are. Social judgment of others. Yes.
1: I, I think our our media and our papers are extremely hard on that program. Now, who who, who was hard on who first? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But they get covered really like the the way they get covered is like it's, it's a really good show, which is very hard to do every day, and they are dealing with lots of things in real time. And so I think you know they deserve a bit more. And it's Australian content and it's live. Yeah. But I don't know why we want to kick it all the time. I no, really don't.
0: No, I, I couldn't I accept agree. your point. I, I, I don't disagree the... with anything you've said, but I just know how they would have treated the same moment on another TV show, I, I, and you know what I'm saying there. And you know well, yeah, they, would they would have led their they, next show with it. But they do have like yeah, outrage today with when the when the footy so show. They are prepared to put people like Steve
1: Price is on there, for instance. I, that was the one I was and, going to say. I don't think Steve's, he would have tipped. Steve's in. the one that swims against the stream on. Yeah, social... Yeah, I don't pre- think he would have pre- tipped pre- in like pre- everyone swim. else on the panel. Would so they're not like all. You know, they're not all of that same cut. Of the no like there, there's a bit of contrast in there. So I, I
0: think people are hard on them. Yeah, and
1: those moments, like it's easy to criticise until so you're in it. that spot. And, you got and no
0: idea. until you're in that spot, and I don't expect anyone to relate to that spot because that's what, what people do as a job. But but that's so right. It was it was a five second ultimately of, of an hour broadcast. So yep. yeah, Hachi, we'll go to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. Alexander Miller on email. It's a long question, Archie. Uh, I'll just get... Read it to... all. Oh, read it all. Okay. Recently I saw and heard about how a journalist slash football media personality had been embedded in an AFL club. They were granted, quote, exclusive access. This never happens, we were told. Then I heard about it happening at another club, and another club, and another club. I don't like to give clicks to clubs I don't barrack for, so I'm not going to visit all 18 clubs' sites. But I wouldn't be surprised if they all had embedded journalists. There has been a rhetoric in the past 10 years or so that clubs no longer care for traditional media because they think they don't need them. They can use their own websites and socials to tell and frame the stories that they want. But has that changed? And are clubs realising there is benefit in having the TVs and papers involved that having an independent outsider tell the story up its clout? Also, why now? A cynic would raise their eyebrows when seeing that this year, at the same time, all 18 clubs have done something that, quote, never happens. It seems to line up with the new broadcast agreements, who exactly are the embedders and why have these embedders all of a sudden been embedded? Mm. It's it's a it's an educated question from Alexander Miller there. It is. We saw David King
1: embedded in the Gold Coast Suns last week. He's not a journalist. He's in just there on a yep. fact-finding mission,
0: I guess. But, uh, you, you know are, when embedding first happened in my memory of it? Jay Clark's Collingwood podcast? <laughs> embedded into Scott Pendlebury. Yep. When... when um, who was an embedder in your day? No, no. My, my first sort of, I suppose, the terminology anyway, uh, was the Gulf War, early 90s, when CNN or wherever it was, it was big on pay TV. It was just becoming part of our lives. And yep. there were journos embedded with the American – Army. Yep. And yeah, and, and that was the first time I heard the word in, in a journalistic well, context. It may well have been long before yep. that. But that's my first And Alexander
1: on. points out that you were embedded in the North Melbourne camp over the summer.
0: You were brought back in the tent by Sonia Hood. and Now no, you've no, been no, your no. criticism never, of the club's no, no. dried up completely since. No, it hasn't. It's, it's been, been since t- about did, July last year. Did, did, did you not read what I'm in fact your station was obsessed with what I said about them during the week criticizing them, so
1: No, I didn't catch
0: that. No, anyway. The
1: uh so yeah, it's it's a tactic used by clubs to try and I guess, A, it's generally good-natured. B, it's to try and create favourable coverage. And you're never really
0: embedded, though, are you? You're, you're, no. you're conditionally you get embedded. You've got a
1: version of the no, you're
0: conditionally embedded. I yep. mean, if, if you were embedded at North yep. Melbourne and and that was the day, and this happens, that yeah. Alistair Clarkson had to go and apologise to the journalists, which yeah. we discussed at length last week, did you reckon you would have been embedded in there's those a, conversations? There's a bit of
1: unspoken veto about it all, isn't There's there? a bit of unspoken yeah. veto, yeah. I think another the thing they're trying to do is audience shift. So everyone's trying to grow their audiences by... You know, sharing them with others on occasions. That's yeah. why all podcasters interview other podcasters. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> yeah. You notice that? <laughs> well, also, the talent pool
0: in Australia is not it's like the thin, States. and there's only <laughs> so much audience to go around. <laughs> so everyone's right. trying
1: to shift it and move it around in a circle. <laughs> so I think that's one of the, one of the reasons.
0: Yeah, we're embedded in the sounding board, aren't we? Well, I think uh, you, when you when you embed a journalist in your club, you don't ever get a real,
1: like unless it's like one of those old school grumpy.
0: It's not, you don't know. You know like you can sit in on the, on the meeting that they you know, know is going yep. to be broadcast effectively and, and yep. then, then they'll shut the door. And, oh, listen, mate, just, um, just uh, sit, out, sit, yep. sit this one out, can you? Just go and grab yourself a coffee and come back in yep. half an hour. That's when they're doing team selection and also disciplining the bloke yep. who was out last night.
1: Do you think Glenn McFarlane got a... <laughs> Six bottles delivered. <laughs> B, twelve, or C. We'll a note saying just a six this time, but because you left out those two extra paragraphs, you don't get the twenty-four case. It's not a bad job, Jack. I like Pepper Jack and it a, It's a, it's a good job. You're a good judge of wine. Uh, there we go. Have you have you
0: done any Pepper jack related AFL.com work? No, and no, would you would you have asked if look if it meant getting the interview? And I was aware of it. I, I probably would have done what Glenn did. Yep. As as I as we've. Several times admitted in the past for doing. so. I would have. Yeah, yeah. I just think he undercooked it. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> the wine had corked. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that was well,
1: a couple of little uh, manufacturers emerging over the last couple of days. Oh, really? I've just parked them for next week. Okay,
0: and we might do a good look ahead to round one with oh. some manufacturing work. All right. Yeah. All right. The new words you've uh, introduced the to the sounding board vernacular this year. That was conclusion, or is conclusion of episode six of. Series 8, for Sounding Board, for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to DrinkWise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to DrinkWise.